Thank you, Riverside, for another sponsor of this week's podcast. Uh, this is Jackson, and welcome to week two of Winning Mindset College Football. Uh, week one, we did pretty damn well, 17-10. and 10, That's a 62% uh, win rate. Uh, we can just go over the recap of uh, wins and losses. West Virginia, plus 7.5 hit. They uh, lost, but they covered 31-38. to 38. Um, We had the over 68.5. Uh, VMI at uh, Wake Forest, uh, that didn't hit. We had the over 54.5 um, for Michigan State University, that didn't hit. Um, we had NC State minus 11.5. NC State barely won that game, uh, 21 to 20. We did have the under in the NC State game, uh, which was 51.5. Uh, we had the under in the CSU game uh, where at Michigan, uh, 61.5. Uh, we had CSU to cover the spread, 30.5. That wasn't even close. They lost 7 to 51. We had Houston minus 4.5. Uh, that was that was big. We should have won that. They lost or they won 37 to 35. Um should have should have won that bet. We had the over in the Houston game though, uh 62. We had over 52 in the Cincinnati game that hit. We had Arkansas minus 6.5 that hit. They won 31 to 24. We had Oregon plus 17. Everybody knows that game was an abomination of a football game. Um, they lost 3-49. to 49. Um, It wasn't even close to covering the spread. We had Oklahoma minus 31. That hit. They won 45-13. to 13. Close, though. Uh, we had over 56.5 in the Oklahoma game. Uh, that hit. Uh, we had USF uh, plus 12. Uh, they lost 50-21. That didn't hit. We had Troy plus 21.5. That hit. Uh, they covered. They lost 10 to 28. We had the under in the Troy game, 57.5. USC covered uh, the minus 32.5 spread. We had Florida plus three. They won straight out 29 to 26. Uh, we had under 54 in the um, Miami, Ohio uh, at Kentucky game. That hit 13 to 37. Uh, we also had Kentucky minus 16.5. That hit. Uh, like I said, they won 37 to 13 with the over in 59 in the Notre Dame Ohio state game. That was a low scoring game. Only 31 total points were scored. Wasn't too close. We had Notre Dame plus 17 though. Uh, that hit we had Bama minus 41.5 that, that hit, uh, they literally scored 55 points, pretty much covering the spread easily. Uh, we had the over 62 though in the Bama game. And like I said, Bama was the only team that scored. They scored 55. If the other team scored, uh, we would would have probably had the over. Um, we had the under 24.5 in the first half for the LSU-FSU game. That hit. We had LSU money line. Uh, fuck FSU. Uh, they blocked that bitch-ass field goal. Uh, LSU lost 24-23. Uh, we also took... For shits and giggles, Clemson minus twenty two. That hit forty one uh, to ten. Um, we got some messages from uh, the fans today. Um, I can go over. We'll go over a couple. Uh, we got a comment from Dog seventy nine. Bama and Georgia are heads ab- above everyone. It's not even close. This is what has become of college football. Uh, the talking heads can try and say all they want, but facts are facts. They'll try to match Bama and Georgia in the first round of the playoffs to help Ohio State, but Ohio State would lose by 21 to either team. 
And sorry, Coach Day, you are not SEC tough or fast. Uh, that's a lot to unpack. Thank you, Dog79, for the brain dump. Um, first of all, let me respond. It's Alabama, Georgia, and and that's about it. But, like, maybe. It feels a little premature to declare this after only 60 minutes of football, especially given what we uh, saw from the Ohio State defense against Notre Dame. Um, I think the Ohio State's going to be a problem for a lot of teams, and I think a lot of teams are going to merge later in the season. It, is, it was only week one. Uh, with that being said, Alabama did deliver a 55-0 win over Utah State. Um, while Georgia beat the fuck out of Oregon, forty nine to three, um, the Bulldogs win in my was particularly impressive to me, given all of the talent that exited the program after last season, um, and the level of competition they faced in Week One. But it was pretty much a beatdown. Uh, overall, like what 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 do we know? Um, Alabama's good. They're very good. Um, they're gonna. We'll learn more after this week when they play Texas, but they're a good team. Um, we can also guess that Georgia might be very, very good as well. Um, and I think week one helped solidify that, uh, that statement uh, just w- by beating down Oregon. Uh, these, I, I think these two key teams could very well be the best in the country again. At this point, I don't think nobody would argue against that. But uh, we should probably allow other teams to have their say, uh, even if we ultimately wind up uh, right back where we started last year. Um, comment from S Glide fifteen: Notre Dame is better than I thought they were. Um, I co- I completely agree with this, and I don't think it feels like an overreaction. Um, entering the matchup with Ohio State, I did expect Notre Dame to be outclassed. Um, the Irish put up a heck of a fight. Uh, and they lost 21 to 10, but I was impressed. Now it's still loss. Uh, there are no like moral victories, but, uh, there was a lot to, lot to like in a losing effort. I'd say, uh, we can look at the stats and analytics, but I was anxious to look at game game speed. Notre Dame was on the same athletic level as, uh, the Ohio state Buckeyes, which is a big plus, uh, and the defense played exceptionally well against CJ Stroud, uh, which would be a factor in moving forward. Also, thought we saw plenty of good, uh, good from quarterback uh, Tyler Bushner. Bushner, uh, he made his first career start. First career start in Columbus. That's no easy assignment. Uh, but Tyler made some quality throws, and uh, I think he'll only get better as the season gets uh, calms down. Uh, Notre Dame season gets easier from here uh, with a handful of winnable games on deck. Expect to, expect to see a much cleaner, uh, better version of the Irish later in the season. Uh, there are different levels of uh, 0-1, in my opinion, across college football. This isn't a bad first loss. I think there's bad first losses. This is not one of them. Uh, comment from T Money 3 it's J.J. McCarthy season. Um, <laughs> Straight to the point. Michigan is giving uh, each of Cade Mc. Namara and uh, JJ McCarthy, uh, a start to make an impression. While the while like we watched Michigan cruise past Colorado State fifty one to uh, seven, McNamara uh, wasn't exactly pristine in his opportunity. 
Uh, after playing solid football last year, uh, Cade didn't look like himself. He completed only 50% of his throws for 136 yards. Um, given the very public and unique nature of this quarterback battle, perhaps it's taking a toll on his performance, maybe. Either way, McCarthy will not get to start against Hawaii. Uh, the Rainbow Warriors have issues, and McCarthy seems destined to put up huge numbers uh, as a result. Uh, he also completed all four of his throws last week around for 50 yards and a touchdown. Um, well, Michigan's head coach, Jim Harbaugh, uh, hasn't tipped his hand yet on a potential starter in week three. And beyond, McCarthy is an ideal spot right now. A big performance of week two uh, should should all but secure the starting gig for him moving forward. Um, another comment from Riker Lloyd. Pac-12 is a joke. I've seen a lot about the Pac-12. They had a rough start. Not a good start for the Pac-12. I do not enjoy the yearly ritual of blasting different conferences after bad weekends. Um, it, it it does little good. Um, with that being said, we can assess the damage after one week of Pac-12 football. Oregon was crushed by Georgia, and Utah lost a heartbreaker to Florida. Colorado lost to TCU. I'm not re- sure if that matters or not, but we're taking inventory on all the losses. Um, yes, seeing two of the conference's top teams suffer, uh, challenging defeats is not the optimal way to start this year. Still, USC showcased its re-imagined uh, Im- offense against Rice. Oregon State was incredibly impressive in a win over Boise State. And even Arizona, a team that held open tryouts last year, which struggled many, many years in the past, literally had open tryouts last year midseason, delivered a solid win over San Diego State. To be clear, to be very clear, none of this will stop the avalanche of criticism from coming um, on the Pac-12. To do that, Pac-12 will need to deliver a playoff team. Uh, This week was an unquestionable blow to all those goals, but USC is in the Pac-12 for now, and the Trojans have plenty of firepower. Um, Plus, it is early September. I think we forget that. Let's keep our conference uh, affirmations concealed uh, until at least Halloween. Like, come on, come on. Um, comment from Big Blue F- FL. Gonna go with Florida. Two words: Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson uh showed glimpse of promise last year. Um, and he, in fact, he looked like Florida's quarterback of the future various times during last fall, after beating Utah in the home opener. Uh, the optimism in surrounding Richardson has reached a different stratosphere. Um, in the upset over the youths, Richardson threw for 168 yards, ran for 106 yards, and scored three touchdowns, and he was explosive. He protected the football, and he led Florida to one of its most important wins in recent memory. Now, let's try to be measured about all of this hype, though. I, I like him. It's week one. Let's see where it goes. Um, Comment from Mr. White Jr., 1987. Iowa and South Dakota, Dakota State set football back 100 years. Um, the fact that the Hawkeyes scored seven points without scoring a touchdown is maybe the most Iowa moment possible. Iowa scored two safeties and a field goal to reach seven points. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw that. 
Uh, that's it. South Dakota State also had three points. The two teams combined for 286 yards of offense. Both teams averaged less than two yards per carry. Uh, this game also featured a combined 21 punts for nearly 1,000 yards. Uh, if you watch this game, you should be given a gift certificate to your favorite restaurant and a hug from someone you care deeply about. Mm, this was somehow worse than advertised. Like It actually became worse than I thought it was going to be. Richardson is still relatively young and is likely to have a hiccup or two along the way, but given his incredible size and duality at this position, he's likely to dazzle throughout the year. Um, it's just a rough game. If you're a Florida fan, you should be thrilled by these developments. It's been a weird stretch for one of the most, uh, for one of the sports most successful programs. Richardson offers help and hope and excitement uh, all at once. Although we need to try to take it slow, um, I know we won't, but uh, we can definitely try. Um, let's go into my personal opinions uh, on week one. Um. How good is Utah and Florida? Uh, I wouldn't say Utah and Florida played one of the best games of the entire weekend. I would say they played one of the best games of the entire weekend. Um, a game that went back and forth and came down to the last, I think, six seconds. Um, days later, the game was still all over social media. And if it wasn't for the insane Florida State-LSU game on Sunday, then Utah and Florida would have carried the week, in my opinion. Utah, of course, took the loss to an unranked opponent, but it was week one. Nobody really had an idea on how an idea on how good teams were. Preseason rankings are fun um, and all, but you won't figure out what kind of team Utah and Florida are until at least October. Nothing is ruined for Utah with the loss, in my opinion. Future college football playoff participants have had plenty of early season games over the year, including Ohio State to unranked Virginia Tech and Clemson to an unranked Sy- Syracuse. Not only did both these teams rebound, but they actually ended up winning the national championship that year. A repeat Pac-12 title remains a very real possibility for Utah, especially after Oregon was beat the fuck down by the dogs. The dogs. BYU uh, did their job. Uh, One thing the Cougars have struggled with during the recent run of success has been handling inferior opponents. Just look at the UCF game a season ago where the Bulls were one of the worst teams in the country and the Cougars let them hang around and even threatened to pull off what seemed to be an impossible upset. There is a reason behind those struggles, but it be it injuries or BYU to attempting to build depth, but the Cougars haven't handled their business the way they're expected to. BYU did that on Saturday, though, with the absolute pumbling on UCF from start to end. The Cougars, in simple terms, simply out-talented and out out athlete the Bulls and and by all accounts looked like they should be competitive against every team this year they face um could it be another 10-year win for this 10-win season for the Cougars we'll see it's week one they played well BYU I was impressed uh not impressed they did what they were supposed to be uh supposed to do but BYU always I never bet on Mormons um, I've told, my, told myself that after March Madness two years ago. Um, the good and bad for the Pac-12. Uh, week one, like I said, wasn't good for the Pac-12. Oregon, Oregon's loss to Georgia and Utah's, Utah's loss to Florida. With those two games, the Pac-12 took a deep step back in the race for a spot in the playoffs. It's been five years since Washington was in the Final Four in 2017. Um, it wouldn't hurt, though, the Pac-12 
if a team like USC or UCLA broke through, but we'll see. It wasn't awful, though. Arizona surprised with a convincing win over the Mountain West power, San Diego State, while Oregon State did something similar to Boise State. Overall, uh, the Pac-12 won 8-3. Not the best mark for the conference, but not horrible either. Uh, I want more LSU-FSU-type games every weekend. Every weekend. I know I said uh, fuck FSU earlier, but that's because I had LSU Moneyline and uh, FSU blocked that field goal at the end. Uh, also, Jaden Daniels is ass. I hate Jaden Daniels. Uh, he left ASU when I was there. He played awful at ASU and then transferred. Uh, back to the game. Perhaps the best game of the weekend was between these two teams Sunday night. Neither team is expected to be great this season. LSU is in its first year under Brian Kelly, while FSU is in the middle of a rebound under Mike Norville. But uh, that didn't stop a show from being put on. LSU in spectacular fashion lost on a blocked extra point with no time on the clock after somehow driving the ball uh, 99 yards in less than a minute and a half. It was, in a word, thrilling football. It was thrilling. Uh, There's an expectation that under Kelly, LSU will once again contend for a national championship, but the Tigers looked little like a contender Sunday night. Florida State... University, on the other hand, is now 2-0 and perhaps is making strides under Norville. Uh, Yeah, that's all I have for week one recap. Before I talk uh, about the bets for the top 25 uh, slate for week two, I do want to go over uh, how my week went personally. I'm flying to Atlanta where I have a connection flight. And I end up getting a seat next to this very sweet-looking elderly couple. I'm sitting in the aisle with my AirPods, listening to Denzel Curry, trying trying to just enjoy myself. When all of a sudden, the woman taps me on the shoulder. And she asks me my name. We get to talking. They seem very nice. Um, we're just, I don't even know what we were talking about. When the her husband, the man sitting window, asked me, randomly what my religion was at this point i don't even want to answer i'm done with the conversation i'm trying to watch the end of this west virginia uh game um by the way jt daniels did play great i want to point that out it was the wide receiver's fault on that pick six so anyways he asked me a religion and of course i tell him that i'm a good jewish boy because i don't want this old man to know my entire life so i told him i was jewish what like what does it matter well, this guy is trying to convert me to become a Christian for some reason. I'm already done with the conversation when it gets better. And he starts asking, talking about how he's from Montana and how the current president of the United States can't remember his own name and is an idiot. Now I'm interested and I'm egging this man out. I'm begging him to keep talking. Just, just keep talking to me. But he starts talking louder. Like I want him to keep talking. Just like he's getting louder on this quiet ass plane about how he owns all these guns and nobody dares to mess with him because he's in Montana and he is the three S rule. Now, if you've never heard of the three S rule, I've never heard of it. This guy changed my life. I'll tell you the three S rule, shoot, shovel, silence. And he keeps repeating it. I'm begging this guy to quiet down before we, before we get all get on the no, no fly list. Like this guy's yelling about guns. All of a sudden he just switches topics. Like he points out the flight attendant. And he's like, oh, she like that flight attendant's annoying. Of course, I'm like, I asked him why she's annoying. And he responds with, she can't speak English. 
man, the flight attendant was a nice Mexican lady who had an accent. I like, I don't even, I, I didn't know what to say. I just put my earbuds back in and closed my eyes at that point. Like I was like, I, I couldn't do that conversation anymore before. Like somebody looked over and like told on us. Well, I finally land and I get on my next flight, uh, after being probably after being the minority in the Atlanta airport at 10 PM. So I end up picking a window seat close to the front because I'm just trying to land land and leave. It's two hours something flight. Not ridiculously long, but it's I don't land till twelve thirty AM. It's a red eye, so I just want to go go home. Well, this lady and her daughter sit right next to me. The daughter in the middle of the mom in the aisle. While we are in the air, the mom tells this little girl to go get off her iPad, go to sleep. I'm watching the Purdue versus Penn State game on the the Southwest free free TV. I'm enjoying myself. Well, this girl fully lays down. And why I say fully lays down, puts up both armrests and lays down in middle seat and starts curb stomping my rib cage. Like literally just curb stomping it. I'm literally about to cry because this girl's got the feet of a UFC fighter. And I got a bruised rib at this point. Like we're 20 minutes in my ribs, ribs broken, bruised. I don't know. This went on for an entire hour and a half. It was lit- I was literally seconds away from kicking this girl back in the face. Like I was literally a second away. She was no older than seven. But at this point, it was me or her. Finally, we land and I get off that damn plane, swamp ass and all, and head to the apartment I was going to in Philly. Um, that's about it. My weekend My weekend consisted of sports. Uh, I went to Philly, went to Made in America uh, concert series. That was fun. Had a lot of fun. Saw Bad Bunny. Didn't know a single lyric or song. A lot of mean Puerto Rican women who are drunk yelling at me. I don't know. It's because I'm 5'8", and they couldn't see because they're 5'2". I don't know. Uh, went to Pat's, which I will say is better than Gino's. Uh, and probably ate more drunk Wawa food than imaginable. I ate like 18 Philly pretzels, uh, gross-ass mac and cheese, and like I think I broke the world record for bags of, bags of chips eaten. Uh, I'm back in Colorado. Back in Colorado now, uh, on the diet, six pack by December, um, going to Cancun, uh, gotta look good on the Insta, but that's about it. Let's talk, uh, some week two college football. Number one, Alabama versus Texas, 10 a.m. Mountain time on Saturday. The Crimson Tide play the Utah State Aggies in their most recent game, winning 55 to nothing. Last time uh, out, the Longhorns won 52-10 over the UL Monroe Warhawks. Against the Aggies, Bryce Young led the Tide with 195 yards on 18 of 28 passing for five touchdowns and no interceptions. He also carried the ball five times for 100 yards and run one rushing touchdown. Uh, Jamar Gibbs took nine carries for 93 yards while adding the one reception for five yards in the passing game. Treshawn Holden hauled in five receptions for 70 yards while scoring two touchdowns against the Aggies. Quinn Ewers threw for 225 yards for the Horns against the Warhawks, going 16 for 24 with two touchdowns and one interception. Uh, Robinson carried the ball 10 times for 71 yards with one touchdown. In the passing game, he added three catches for 40 yards and one touchdown. Jatavion Sanders collected six catches for 85 yards with one touchdown. Um, the key factors for the game. Um, for Alabama, 
new year, new players, new assistants, new chemistry, new lots of things. But Utah State won the Mountain West Championship last year. It came up with 11 wins, finishing off with a fantastic performance in a Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl win over Oregon State. Uh, A slew of the key parts were back. It might have shot... It might have had a shot in another conference title, and Alabama rolled right on over the Aggie speed bump for fifty-five to nothing win, and that's only because it didn't want to hang at eighty. The Tide didn't score in the fourth quarter. Uh, this is a fully focused machine of a team that lost a slew of star players, uh, and yet still ran for two hundred seventy-eight yards last week and threw for two hundred eighty-one. The offensive line has worked on and tweaked to be better in the pass protection. Bryce Young is going to spread it around more, and the defense is coming into a season looking like it took a neck, na- the national championship loss personally. Texas might have the talent, but it doesn't have the defense that can hold up what's coming. We're uh, not that uh, far removed from the Longhorns losing to Kansas. For Texas, um, this is really a different Longhorns team in a lot of ways. See Steve Sarkistan uh, and the coaching staff has settled in and there's a healthy uh, Robinson in the backfield. Quinn Ewers, uh, a least prospect wise, at least prospect wise, is a promising uh, quarterback in the country. And you're not crazy to hype up Xavier Worthy among the best wide receivers in college football. The skill parts are there. There will be explosion from this attack to go along with the improved play from the lines, and if all goes well, a defense that's going to be far more aggressive. The Longhorns don't have to be a brick wall in D, and they don't have to pitch a shutout. They just have to get off the field once in a while. And that goes for goes to one of the key factors here. There's almost no pressure. Oh, sure, oh, sure, oh, sure. Everyone is waiting for Texas to be back to its national title level self, and there's no excuse for this program to be anything but great. And it needs a gigantic win to get everything rolling. But Alabama is never one, number one. And it's supposed to roll in, win by double digits, and leave. Go home. This will be a momentum, momentous game for Texas. Texas has the guys to at least hang with Bama at home. But it needs to get to a good start and needs to believe it really can do this. It's going to hit a few big plays uh, that will score to get everyone hyped. But... um. You think Alabama's going to flinch for an instant when Texas connects on a 78-yard touchdown pass? Come on. Yes, Texas will have its moments that will melt down social media and make Gus Johnson take his game up a few octaves, but Bama will keep on coming. Texas will connect on a few big plays, but Alabama will connect on all the little ones and for a full 60 minutes, and that's what's important. How consistent can you play? It'll keep Robinson bottled up. The running game will take over in the third quarter, and Bryce Young will come up with an ultra-efficient, workman-like performance with two excellent scoring marches in the second half to end any dreams of this being when Texas becomes Texas again. Give me Bama minus 20. Give me the over 64.5 points uh, for that game. We have Arkansas State at number three, Ohio State, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, Saturday. Uh, the Buckeyes enter this matchup following a 21-10 win over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in their last outing. Last time out, the Red Wolves defeated the Grambling Tigers 58-3. C.J. Stroud threw for 223 yards with two touchdowns and no interceptions on a 24-23 of 23, uh, passing game for the Buckeyes in that matchup against the Fighting Irish. 
Travion Henderson ran for 91 yards and 15 carries. Um, James Blackman went for 15 for 20, 15 for 20 with 210 yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions for the Red Wolves against the Tigers. He also rushed two times for 11 yards and two touchdowns. In that matchup, Johnny Lang Jr. had a 13 carry, 124 yard game with one touchdown. He also added one reception for 23 yards. Champ Fleming's recorded 122 yards through the air after seven catches with one touchdown. Uh, for Arkansas for this game, that wasn't exactly the Ohio State we were expecting to kick off the season. Superstar wide receiver Jackson Smith was hurt, but the, the offense sputtered, and it took a whole lot to put away the Notre Dame in the 21-10 win. The Arkansas State defense isn't anywhere near as strong as the Irish version, and the Grambling State isn't Ohio State, but it allowed 102 yards of total offense in the 58-3 win to get things going. QB James Blackman is a former Florida State transfer who isn't going to be phased by the big state uh, uh, against the great team. Uh, the offense as a whole should be able to do even more than the Irish were able to. It'll keep up, keep up, It'll open it up and take more chances because they got nothing to lose realistically. And there's enough of a running game to catch a Buckeye team relaxing after the massive victory against the Irish. For Ohio State, yeah, again, Grambling State isn't Ohio State. The Buckeyes' offense was fine. It wasn't cranking up the yards right away that everyone was expecting them to do. But that was the number five team in the country on the other side. Forget the O. There's no worry there. The defense that spent all offseason tweaking and looking to improve came out smoking. Notre Dame didn't exactly take any big chances, but the Buckeyes didn't allow them against the run. Kept Tyler Buchner from hitting the downfield throws, and it pitched a shutout in the second half. But... My prediction, here comes the offense. Ohio State's defense won't allow Arkansas State to come close to the six yards per carry it rolled for the last week. But then, this is when the O gets to eat against a defense that might have looked early, might have looked good early, but he doesn't have the but doesn't have the parts to keep uh, keep coming up with enough key stops to make this interesting. Give me the under sixty eight point five points. I expect a defense to show up, and I expect. Points to be scored, but not 68.5. I think that's a lot. Southern Miss at number 15, Miami, 10 a.m. Saturday, uh, Mountain Time. The Hurricanes head into this matchup after a 70-13 win over Bethune-Cookman. The Golden Eagles are coming off a loss to the Liberty Flames by the score of 29-27 against the Wildcats. Tyler Van Dyke led the Canes with 193 yards on 13 of passing. 13 of 16 passing for two touchdowns and no interceptions. Henry Parrish Jr. ran for 108 yards on 14 carries and three touchdowns, adding three receptions for 25 yards. Xavier Restro had 110, 110 yards on five catches and with one touchdown in that game. Ty Keys went five for eight with 108, five for eight with 89 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions for the Golden Eagles against the Flames. He rushed seven times for 27 yards. Frank Gore Jr. carried the ball 32 times for 178 yards and two touchdowns. He caught one pass for two yards. Jacarius Kasten caught two passes on four targets for 54 yards, uh, which was an average of 27 yards per reception. Uh, for the argument for Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles might have lost to the home opener to Liberty 29-7 in four overtimes, but they were far from competitive. Uh... 
like they were a few the last few seasons, and they looked like they were going to be a factor of the Sun Belt. Now, they have to chill on the mistakes. Frank Gore Jr. is one of the better backs Miami will have to deal with. He ran over the Flames for 178 yards and two scores, and the defense is going to pressure Miami. QB Tyler Van Dyke and the and the back backfield far better than Bethune Cookman did. The potential is there to make this a fight for a while. Um, for Miami, yeah, the mistakes. Uh, the passing game struggled against Liberty to be nice about it, and the team killed itself with ten penalties and five turnovers. The D was able to force three takeaways, and Liberty helped with twelve pen- penalties of its own. But Southern Miss might, m- Southern Miss not might must be perfect this week. And that's not going to happen. The Hurricanes got their warm-up scrimmage in with the 70-13 to win over Bethune-Cookman. As long as they keep their own mistakes to a minimum, they should be balanced enough on offense to make this easy. Uh, pr- my prediction for the game, the Miami defense will load up against the run and dare the Golden Eagles to hit a few downfield passes. That's not going to go well for, for the Golden Eagles. The Southern Miss defensive front will be enough of a bother to keep the Canes from marching up and down the field at will. But Mario Cristobal's team will look the part for a second straight week. Give me over 51 uh, for the Miami game. Southern Carolina at number 16, Arkansas, 10 a.m. Mountain Time Saturday. Uh, The Razorbacks beat the Cincinnati Bearcats 31-24 in their most recent game. Um, It was just a good good game. For the argument for South Carolina, don't blow off the 35-14 win over Georgia State. That's a good Sun Belt team with enough dangerous playmakers to have made it that tough or could have made that far tougher. Um, okay, so Spencer Rattler wasn't sensational. Nobody ever said he was. He didn't push the ball down the field enough, and there was, were too many misses, but he was okay. The offense perked up a big, perked up big after a sluggish start, and the defense took care of the rest. And yeah, okay, so the special teams were everything with block kicks for scores, but the pass defense got the job done, and the team got the opener out of the way. The lines are fine. There's no need to panic. The team overall is far better than it looked and played against the Panthers. For Arkansas, you can make the argument, is South Carolina better than it looked? Um, The offensive line couldn't do much to keep Georgia State out of the backfield, and the running game sputtered, and the defensive line was hit for a few big dashes. Meanwhile, Arkansas got punched and it survived. Cincinnati isn't as good as it was in the past last year or in the past, but it came back solid, made a big push in the second half, and the Hogs still won 31-24. The lines were great when they had to be. K.J. Jefferson was K.J. Jefferson and should be again this week. Uh, he was sharp through the air and ran for 62 yards and a score. And it all be about whether or not Spencer Rattler can get the Gamecock O going. If South Carolina plays like it did last week, it will be in for a long day. My prediction, Cincinnati QB, Ben Bryant hit the Ar- hit, will hit the Arkansas secondary hard. And Rattler will come up with a few decent performances too. I, I don't expect them to play great, but decent performance from Spencer Rattler. South Carolina will get more of a ground game working, but it won't be enough. Arkansas will be better on both lines. The pr- pressure on Rattler will matter, and it will be another good hard win for the Hogs. Give me South Carolina plus lot nine, though, and give me the under 53. I think South Carolina hangs around. I'll trust Spencer Rattler to score the ball. Um, hopefully not a lot. Let's hit the under two, but uh, 
South Carolina plus nine and the under 53. Number 23, Wake Forest at Vanderbilt, 10 a.m. Mountain Time Saturday. Uh, the Demon Deacons beat the VMI Cadets 44 to 10 in their last game. The Commodores' most recent outing ended in a 42 to 31 win over the Elon Phoenix. Um, Mitch Griffiths threw for 288 yards with three touchdowns and no interceptions on 28 of 29 passing for the Deacons in that matchup against the Cadets. Uh, Kristen Turner rushed for 100 yards on 13 carries and two touchdowns, adding two receptions for 18 yards. Taylor Morin recorded five receptions for 74 yards while scoring one touchdown against the Cadets. Michael Wright threw for 245 yards for the door for the doors. Um, against the Phoenix, going 18 for 29 with four touchdowns and no interceptions. He added 11 carries for 84 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Roman Davis carried the ball 20 times for 95 yards. He also caught three passes for 17 yards and one touchdown. Jaden McGowan caught four passes for 118 yards and scored one touchdown. For Wake Forest, what's the real Vanderbilt? It's the team... Is it the team that ripped through a gutted Hawaii squad, or is it the one that struggled to stop Elon in a 42-31 to fight last weekend? It might be a good 2-0 start for the team, but it caught a break with the Hawaii game. Really, the program is totally starting over, and it had a hard time dealing with the Elon passing game. This is an improved team, but there's still a long way to go before it's going to be consistent. Wake Forest has got its own warm-up in, and it turned out... Desperately needed with the new star of QB Sam Hartman having to take a leave of absence with medical concern. Mitch Griffiths step in, stepped in and uh, and in a way performed a brilliant blowout uh, against VMI. The running game worked and the team looked and played like it's getting up to speed without its leader. If the Wake Forest offense works like it's supposed to, Vanderbilt shouldn't be able to keep up. And I say shouldn't. Um predictions for the game it's going to be a fun moment for two of the smartest schools to make a statement Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt but it's still a a road game against an SEC school for Wake Forest a good performance and a win might show that it's really good enough to push for an ACC title again in a shaky conference Wake Forest is Wake Forest on the other hand but it was still good enough to get the conference championship game last year a good performance and a win might show that Vanderbilt is on its way to something solid with a 3-0 start. Wake Forest will get run on, but the passing game will take over when it has to. Give me Wake Forest minus 12 and give me under 65 points for the game. Charleston Southern at number 18 NC State, 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time Saturday. Uh, shouldn't be much of a game. For Charleston Southern, NC State is coming off a rough Saturday. It got by East Carolina, but it was saved by missed kicks in an ugly 21-20 win. The passing game wasn't special. The running game didn't do too much. And overall, it was just a plain-out struggle for NC State. Charleston Southern had its own Charleston Southern had its own issues uh, in the 52-38 loss to Western Carolina, but the defense forced four takeaways. The passing game was strong, and there's a shot it can catch the Wolfpack looking ahead to Texas Tech. For NC State, the worst thing to happen to Charleston Southern is that the team that's supposed to be an ACC title contender looked that bad. Let's just say there's some sharpening up to do, and this game, it's going to have to happen. 
NC State walked out of East Carolina with a win, but Devin Leary in the passing game struggled to get through things moving. They weren't there weren't any points in the second half, and moving the chains was a struggle. Throwing a few injuries, and this is a big game for the team. The Buccaneers' defense wasn't even close against Western Carolina. It couldn't stop anything, especially through the air. And now Leary and company will give it a full go. My prediction, it's not going to be anything inspiring uh, quite yet for NC State. But NC State's got to start looking and playing the part. Uh, Charleston Southern isn't going to be much of a speed bump for them. But it will get behind early. Uh, and it won't be able to make enough of a push to make things interesting. I'll keep throwing the it'll they'll keep throwing and it'll come up with a few points though. So give me over fifty four point points fifty four point points in that game. Uh, NC State's got to perform better. Um, I think they got to put up some big numbers. Uh, they're playing Texas Tech soon. They got to show out. Charleston Southern they're gonna put up a few points. I don't expect them to to compete like winning wise, but I think points will be on the board. So that's why I'm going to take the over 54 total points for that game. Southern Utah at number 13, Utah, uh, 1130 AM mountain time Saturday. Uh, The Utes opened the regular season rank seven in the nation and fell immediately in week one. Utah will bounce back in the, in a big way in week two on their home field as they pick up their first win of the season Take Utah to dominate this game in every aspect as they coast to their first win of the season. Utah has huge home field advantage uh, versus Southern Utah. Randy Chambers wrote uh, wrote word for word, the Utah Utes have, haven't lost the home game since November 2020. Cameron Rising is, a, is completing 68.8% of his passes for 216 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Brant and... Devon Valley have combined for 141 receiving yards and one touchdown while Michael Michael Bernard has five receptions. The Utah Utes ground game is averaging 230 yards per contest and Trevion Thomas leads the way with 115 yards and one touchdown. Defensively, Utah is allowing 29 points and 452 yards per game. Cole Bishop leads the Utah Utes with 12 tackles. Jonathan Ellis has one forced fumble and RJ Hubert has one forced fumble as well. My prediction for the game, Utah will roll over Southern Utah on Saturday. No reason to get worked up about a pay, about a pay game for the Thunderbirds who transitioned from the big sky to the WAC this season. On the bright side for fans, it's the first time to see the team in person at uh, Rice-Eckley Stadium this season. And it's an early kickoff, so there's plenty to do after the game. The bad news, it's midday game in the middle of September. Bring your sunscreen, ladies and gentlemen. No bet for this game. I guess you can do... Utah money line. If you're wanting to bet, uh, I take the over. Uh, lines aren't out yet. Uh, I take the over. It's if it's at like 55 or 60, no higher. Uh, Marshall at number eight, Notre Dame, 12:30 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. Uh, in their first game, the Fighting Irish fell to the Ohio State Buckeyes, 21 to 10. The Thundering Herd are coming off a victory over Northfolk State Spartans by the score of 55 to three. Tyler Buchner threw for 177 yards with no touchdowns and no interceptions on a 10 of 18 passing for the Utah for the Irish in that matchup against the Buckeyes. Chris Tyree carried the ball six times for 28 yards. He added one reception for six yards. Lorenzo Styles Jr. had one reception for 54 yards against the Buckeyes. Henry Columbi 
threw for 205 yards for the herd against the Spartans, going 24 for 26 with one touchdown and one interception. In that matchup, Ethan Payne had 10 carries, a 113-yard game with two touchdowns. He tackled on, he tacked on three receptions for 28 yards. Talit Keaton had 71 yards through the air after eight catches. Don't really have much on this game yet. Didn't get the chance to watch the entire Notre Dame game last week, but throw me an over 51 uh, for this game and give me Notre Dame minus 20.5. Notre Dame's coming off a tough loss last week. I think Notre Dame is pretty good. I think they're going to show up uh, for this game. Give me Notre Dame minus 20.5 as well. Furman at number five, Clemson, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. The Paladins got their fun out of the way in their opener with a 52-0 to whackening of North Greenville. The defense got into the scoring act. The quarterbacks were sharp, and now it all has to come together fast against the Clemson team coming off a short week. Furman has to take advantage of any and every opportunity. It starts with forcing the Tigers' offense to continue to try uh, dinking and dunking. Holding up against the run is a must, and controlling the clock as much as possible would be nice. Be patient. Uh, This Tigers' defense isn't going to allow much but a few moments will be there. The offense is good enough to take advantage of the opportunities given. For Clemson, the defense will take care of everything, uh, but the offense has to open up more. Uh, DJ wasn't sharp, but his receivers didn't give him uh, much of help. There were too many passes that hit the targets in the hands and were dropped. Uh, Many butterfingers. Uh, the team ended up winning easily in 41-10 to opener against Georgia Tech, but the defense made sure they were, there weren't any issues. Uh, this is a game for DJ to silence the critics, at least for a week. Uh, Cole Klubernick, uh, the announcing team for Georgia Tech game, and most of social media couldn't bench DJ fast enough for the superstar freshman prospect. Klubnik came in late against the backups, rolled to a quick scoring drive, and now there's some controversy. Both quarterbacks are going to shine in this game. Uh, it'll be Clemson's defense that will be the star, though. Give me over 51.5 points just because I think there's going to be a QB battle and they're both going to try to prove who they are. Um, Appalachian State at number six, Texas A&M, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. For App State, uh, the Mountaineers gave North Carolina a fun time scoring 40 points in the fourth quarter and losing. It was one of the wildest games in a long, long time in the 63-61 loss, but the offense cranked up 659 yards. Everything clicked, especially late. It wasn't that crazy for an attack with these running backs. Um, They have the depth in the backfield. Chase Bryce, who threw for 361 yards and six scores, is a veteran passer, and Texas A&M's defense is about to get tested hard. The passes will be spread around. The ground attack will work inside inside and out and behind a dangerous line. For Texas A&M, the lines were a, beat, a wee bit different than what App State saw against North Carolina. The Aggies came up with an efficient 31-0 uh, win over Sam Houston to start the campaign, starting with a defense that held the high-octane attack to fewer than 200 yards and coming up big on third down. Coming up big on third down. Uh, the defensive front was great at getting in the backfield and stuffing everything before it could get going. The Aggies have the tacklers that North Carolina doesn't, and they're going to make Bryce try to win this. App State needs to run well to set up everything. That is a big key factor for App State. They need to run well if they are going to try to compete in this game. My prediction, 
Texas A&M will never give up the ball. I don't think Texas A&M is going to give up the ball. App State isn't going to hit the explosive drives it came up with against North Carolina as it tries grinding it out a bit more than it might like. It's able to control the clock at a few times, but it's going to press a bit uh, with A&M and have the offensive on the field uh, for long stretches of time. The deliberate style of A&M will take over the game in the third quarter, and QB's Haynes King has a sharp performance on third downs, and the defense takes care of the rest. Uh, give me over 52.5 points. I like that. Um, and give me App State plus 19.5. I like App State. They played well last week, uh, despite everything. Give me the over 52. I think that's low. Uh, and give me App State plus 19.5. That's two touchdowns and a little more. Um, 24 Tennessee at 17 Pitt, uh, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. Uh, the Volunteers took down the Ball State Cardinals 59-10 to in their last game. The Panthers are coming off a victory over the West Virginia Mountaineers by the score of 38-31. to And that matchup with the Cardinals, Hendon Hooker had 221 yards on 18-25 of passing. For the Vols with two touchdowns and no interceptions, he also carried the ball five times for 12 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Jalen Wright ran for 88 yards and 13 carries and one touchdown. Cedric Tillman had 68 yards on six catches in the game. Sedan Slavis' performance for the Panthers against the Mountaineers included 16 of 24, passing 308 yards, one touchdown and no interceptions. Rodney Hammond carried the ball 16 times for 74 yards and two touchdowns. He caught two passes for 55 yards also. Jared Wayne caught three passes for 89 yards. For Pitt, the Panthers got pushed around, and they came through with a great 38-31 win over West Virginia to start the season. A lot of people thought West Virginia was going to win that game straight up. I took West Virginia for the points, but I could have seen West Virginia winning. The running game was held in check, but Kadan Slavis had a terrific debut, throwing for over 300 yards, and now he gets to throw in a Tennessee secondary that's fine, but needs to prove it can handle itself against a high-powered passer. As always, the Panthers have the pass rush and the playmakers on the defensive front to get to Hendon Hooker. More than Ball State did, the Panthers have to keep attacking for a full four quarters on both sides of the ball like they were built to do. Pitt, let's make it clear, Pitt did not play well last week, and even the head coach was very disappointed despite the win. His post-game interview, he literally was disappointed. He was talking about how they didn't play well, they need to play better. Uh, they are lucky to get out of there with a win. For Tennessee, Tennessee will get off the bus with 400 yards and 35 points. No, the volunteer defense isn't anything amazing, but it was great in the 59-10 win against Ball State. It came up with a few big or big early plays, and it didn't allow anything on the ground. Now it needs to step up its production up front. Uh, there weren't many plays in the backfield, partially because there didn't need to be. The pit offense front was worn out by the West Virginia line as a tasteful hat, and the Vols need to do some getting to Slavis early and stuffing a running game that was held in check throughout of uh, my prediction for the game, the Tennessee offense, it's going to go off simple as that. Let the big dogs eat. The Tennessee offense is going to go off. Yes. Pitt brings the pass rush, And yes, the secondary gets torched when good passing games get into groove. West Virginia was balanced, but JT Daniels wasn't able to connect on enough deep plays. That's not going to be an issue for Hendon Hooker as he starts bombing away from the start. But Pitt will keep up. I think they're going to keep up. This will be a thriller with plenty, plenty of 
points, but the Volunteers will have a bit more firepower late. The Panthers won't be able to do much uh, the last few drives. Give me the over 66. I wouldn't take any of the spreads. Um, if anything, I like Tennessee, uh, but I'm not going to take it. Uh, I'm not just going to take something because I feel it. I'm going to go off uh, what I like based on what I'm reading, uh, what I researched. Give me the over 66. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, Washington State at number 19, Wisconsin, uh, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. Uh, jump around. You know what I mean? Jump around if you watch Wisconsin. Uh, in their last game, the Badgers won 30-0 over the Illinois State Redbirds. The Cougars are coming off a victory over the Idaho Vandals by the score of 24-17. For Washington State, uh, Washington beat Illinois State 30 to nothing. And yeah, the overall final defensive stats were just fine. But the secondary is still a work in progress. Uh, the Redbirds marched down the field on the first drive. Uh, but the other team came through with a pick, a 100-yard pick six to uh, end the game in the first quarter. Now the Badgers get to deal with Cameron Ward. The, uh, the transfer quarterback didn't set the world on fire in the uh, 27 to... 24-17 win over Idaho, but the running game was okay. Uh, helped by former Badger Nakia Watson. Nakia Watson's 117 yards, and the passing game was hardly awful. Now it's time for Ward to turn it loose. On the other side, the Cougars' defense that came up with seven sacks and lived in the Vandals' backfield should apply consistent pressure. Wisconsin, Wisconsin's got to tune it up and tune it in. It wasn't quite as dominant as it should have been on the ground. A 96-yard... Uh, Allen touchdown ran. Uh, Allen touchdown run made the overall stats better than the running game actually was. But Graham Mertz was terrific. He threw with confidence, was poised, and he looked like he's ready to finally break through. Granted, that was against Illinois State, but it was the it was a good first tune up. Meanwhile, Idaho stayed alive stayed alive against the Cougars with enough big plays through the air to make it interesting. The Badgers D though will be the backstop. It it'll get consistent pressure on Ward. Uh, overall, my prediction for the games, for this game specifically, be careful. Uh, Wisconsin and its great defense traditionally has issues with sharper, more sophisticated passing teams that test the secondary mid-range to deep. Uh, World will get his shots in. Uh, the problem will be the Badgers' power on the offensive front. It wasn't quite there against Illinois State again, despite the stats, but I'll take the over uh, total points here total points points here give me over 46.5 there'll be a few scary moments but wisconsin will have the ball for well over 35 minutes as it wears down the cougars give me the over 46.5 stanford at number two oregon 2 p.m mountain time saturday um not much about this game the for samford the bulldogs uh came up with a stunner uh to open the season Four and seven last year. I'm talking about Sanford. This Bulldogs, the Sanford version, came up with a stunner to open the season. Four, four and seven last year. They beat a strong uh, Kensaw State squad with a good day from the defense, a balanced performance from the offense, and with a big fourth quarter in the 27 to 17 comeback victory. This is a veteran team that knows how to score. Will generate a slew of good plays on the special teams for Georgia. Yeah, Georgia is still pretty good, obviously. That's a very, very, very talented Oregon team. The uh, let me rephrase that. That's a very, very talented Oregon team. The dogs drop kicked in a brutal forty-nine to three statement. 
Of course, the defending national champs are talented, even with all of the key personal losses, but QB Stetson Bennett showed that he's not going to be a game manager who gets by with all the talents around him. He was making plays, coming up with the rights with every right decision, and he looked the part of a national championship quarterback in total command of the attacking game. Uh, my opinion, you're not going to see a lot of Bennett. Georgia will be a wee bit sluggish after scoring on the opening drive, but it won't matter. Get in, get some work done, and then let depth uh, get their reps. Not like it didn't enjoy the time against the Ducks and rest up for the trip to South Carolina. Sanford will score more than Oregon was able to. There's going to be a quirky play from somewhere, which will have to be the moral victory, I guess. Um, Sanford's not going to win. They're not going to be close. I'm not going to touch the spread. I'm not even going to bet on this game just because I think the backups are going to go in. Um, and that's always a risk when you don't know how the backups are going to play. Uh, Akron at 14 Michigan state, 2 PM mountain time Saturday for Akron breaking up the zips. New head coach, Joe Moorhead knows how to get a game, a team going in a hurry. And his team came uh, through with a fun overtime win over St. Francis last week. Don't knock it. This is a program that won three games since the middle of 2018. DJ Irons is a dangerous all-around quarterback, and the offense is designed to spread the ball around a bit. The defense is going to pressure Michigan State secondary. That was good in the home opener against Western Michigan, but it's still going to be tested. There's a strong chance the Spartans are looking ahead to Washington and Minnesota. Uh, take advantage of that. For Michigan State, the Spartans might have fixed the glitch, the combination of Jalen Berger and Jarek Broussard from the transfer portal looked strong against the Broncos. Peyton Thorne hit several deep plays, even if it wasn't exactly sharp. And most importantly, to start the season, the pass defense wasn't ripped to shreds. It all started with defensive front that didn't give uh, YMU QB Jake Slopik any time to work. And it showed as the secondary that it had a disastrous 2021, got the job done against a dangerous offense. Akron didn't doesn't have the offensive weapons or weapons overall. Um, Mich- Western Michigan has. Uh, Akron just couldn't compete and is about to have a long day trying to move the ball around against this defensive front. My prediction for the game: uh, Michigan State won't have much of a problem putting this game away early and fast. Uh, it was a slow start against Western Michigan, but the defense will keep up. Uh. We'll keep Akron from moving the chains. Expect at least five sacks. The offensive balance will take over. And even with even more coming from the running game this week, give me Michigan State minus 34.5 uh, for this game. Number 25, Houston at Texas Tech, 2 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. For Houston, there's something to be said for surviving the big test in week one. You're you are crazy to schedule a game like UTSA on the road before facing some someone truly easy to warm up against. But Houston was down and out. It came back, won in overtime, and it's moving on. There were way too many mistakes. The offense didn't work right. The 11 penalties were awful, and it was a struggle overall. But the team dominated the clock, clamped down when it had to, and the run defense didn't give up anything other than one big, big dash by roadrunner QB Frank Harris. Now it's getting a Texas Tech team with QB Tyler Schrow, who suffered a shoulder injury in the blowout win over Murray State. For Texas Tech, uh, the quarterback battle paid off. Schrow threw well in the 63-10 win before getting hurt, but Donovan Mitchell was even, was even better. 
great at the end of last season. He bombed away four touchdowns on a 4 of 16 day. Yeah, that was against Murray State, but Harris threw for 377, 337 yards and three scores for, for UTSA. The Houston secretary can be beaten as proven. New head coach Joey McGuire uh, has the offense in place. He has Zach Kitley, the YKU offensive coordinator from last year. He's got enough of a defense to hold up against a Houston running game that stalled uh, too much last week. The Cougars got away with the mistakes last week. Um, it, that's not happening this time around. Texas Tech won't seem uh, like it will ever have the ball. Houston might have the ball for 10 minutes, 10 or more minutes, but Smith will be effective when he has the chances. Neither team's going to run well, but both quarterbacks will play great. Houston's Clay Toon will have a monster day, and the future Big Ten, Big 12 brothers will set the tone for the future. The Cougars won't get it done on the late comeback this week. Give me Texas Tech minus three and over 65.5 points uh, for this game. Be sure to check out Action Network, uh, our sponsor for today. Action Network is the best place to look at my bets and anybody else's bets. You can put your own bets. Most gambling services online are transferable. So if you have, let's say, DraftKings, you can connect your account to Action Network and keep track of your bets. Uh, Action Network, thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, The best place for bet tracking. I'm on there personally. You can look me up. It's under my name, Jackson Bocas. It's also under Winning Bet Tracker. Uh, Right now, we are ranked number 14 in the world uh, with... Uh, we're up. Uh, with a, we're up pretty well right now after a good last two weeks. Uh, Kent State at number seven, Oklahoma, five p.m. Saturday. Uh, Mountain Time for Kent State. The Golden Flashes have the offense to keep up. Uh, the three turnovers turnovers hurt in the forty-five to twenty loss to Washington, and there weren't the bursts of explosion like there needed to be. But the attack has the upside to go fast and come up with points in the chunk. There's a slightly look-ahead factor here with the trip to Nebraska coming up next for Oklahoma, and it's going to be tested more defensively than it was in the 45-13 win over UTEP. It was an easy win, but the secondary got dinked and dunked on a bit. The passing game was more about the big plays than the steady completions. Uh, For Oklahoma, Oklahoma's offense will get to the stretch's legs a bit. UTEP wasn't able to put much resistance in the first quarter, but the D will look like the 2000 Baltimore Ravens compared to what Kent State is bringing to Norman. The Golden Flashes try. They have the guys who can move. They'll get behind the line once in a while, but defense is going is something just to pass the time before the offense can try to do all of its fun stuff. New Oklahoma QB Dylan Gabriel was fine. The running game was great overall. Uh, this should be... Over after a few drives. Kent State will put up some points on the board and make things a wee bit more interesting than UTEP did. But Oklahoma's offense will be balanced. The big plays will be there. And if it wants to put a monster number on the board, it will. It'll hold up in the fourth corner, but the backups will generate gashing runs. Uh, I have no bets for this game, personally. The lines aren't even out yet, but I'm not going to bet this game. Uh, Number 20, Kentucky at number 12, Florida. 5 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. This is a big game. I like Florida a lot. Uh, for Kentucky, uh, that's what Kentucky does. It's not going to be splashy like Tennessee or 
dominant like Georgia, and it certainly doesn't have the talent of the top SEC West teams. It doesn't, but it doesn't matter. The Wildcats are going to keep things moving to generate the defensive stops needed. They're going to make teams play at their pace. Don't dismiss the 37-13 win over Miami University. The Redhawks have a dangerous offense and shouldn't be a factor in the MAC race. The defense will make Anthony Richardson try to win through the air as the linebackers keep him from making plays on the move. The plays in the backfield were against MU. Meanwhile, the offense has a star pro prospect of its own in QB Will Levis coming off a 303-yard performance. He'll keep pushing a Gator secondary that had issues with Utah's passing game late. For Florida, the Gators should get a break on the run against the run. Kentucky would normally come into this game looking to grind away, and it might if specifically wasn't showing anything against Miami last week, but star QB or star running back Chris Rodriguez is still out of the mix. Uh, the UK running game didn't go anywhere against the Redhawks. The offensive line uh, had issues keeping the backfield clean, and the O isn't breaking any power than any more power than Utah delivered in Gainesville. Richardson had a lot to do with it, but that was an elite Utah run defense that just got hit for a 283 yards and over seven yards per dash. The Billy Napier offense knows how to get its runners in space to do big things. The pressure will be on Kentucky and try controlling the tempo even more than it normally does. For this game, it's Florida versus Kentucky. You know how this works. The Wildcats pulled off the win last year in Lexington. That was just the second win in the series since 1986, but it's 2-2 two and two over the last four years. For all of the great things Richardson did in the win over Utah, and for all the amazing things the team's team did, it took a horrible, horrible decision by UT quarterback Cameron Rising to get out alive. Uh, the defense will come up with a, with a late stop in this, only this time breaking up a Levis pass in the red zone to survive. UK might be... A football screw right now, but it was just one win in Gainesville since 1979. That's going to change. Give me Florida minus five and give me over 52 uh, total points. Central Arkansas at number two, 22 Ole Miss, 5 p.m. Saturday, Mountain Time. For Central Arkansas, it didn't quite work last week, but the Bears should have enough of an offense to keep the pace at least a wee bit. Two turnovers on almost nothing happening on third downs proved costly in a 27-14 loss to Missouri State to start the season. But again, there's enough talent to at least press a bit. The running game has a nice, a few nice options. QB Will McAlvin has to press the ball down the field more, but the passing game should work. Ole Miss didn't go off in the opener against Troy at 128-10, but three turnovers were bad. Uh, getting rocked in the time of possession battle was worse. For Ole Miss, the Rebels should use this game to clean up everything. The offense was fine. It moved quickly. The third down conversions were there, and the turnovers were overcome with defensive stops. The Rebels only allowed three points before the uh, the fourth quarter. USC transfer Jack QB Jackson Dart has to push the ball down the field more, but the running game was fantastic. Zach Evans had a big day. The offensive line was great. And again, the defense took care of everything else with the play, uh, with play after – play behind the line for this game central arkansas will be far better this year than it played against missouri state but it's not going to happen against ole miss beating troy was fine but the rebels offense must be more explosive this is where it starts to work more effectively and efficiently give me ole miss minus 34 and give me the under 30 give me the under 65 points uh total for the game i know i'm taking ole miss minus 34 in the under but that's just suck it up that's what i'm taking
Number 10, USC at Stanford, 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. Uh, for Stanford, uh, the Tanner McKee era. Jack was supposed to be the quarterback who took Stanford to, to the promise, back to the uh, promised land. And he wasn't totally miserable in the 24-7 loss to Kansas State. However, he threw two picks. McKee hit 15 of 18 passes, and here comes the change. The Cardinals have enough talent and enough potential to be far better than it showed against the Wildcats, and it started with a defensive front that generated decent pressure and helped uh, keep the game close until late. USC needs a fourth, great fourth quarter to get by San Jose State 30-7, giving up 300 yards to QB Nick Starkle and struggling to close with scores until late. McKee has to let it fly if they want to compete. For USC, uh, the program that became known for its great line play and elite production from the backs managed just 39 yards. Uh, Stanford's run game was just not there. There wasn't any room to move. The line couldn't handle the K-State pass rush, and the O didn't put any points on the board until the fourth. Yeah, it took a bit for USC to get going, but it, that seems to be the way the team works over the last few years. It takes a little while, but then everything starts to click. Kadan Slavis didn't make any major mistakes against the Spartans. Drake London was unstoppable with 12 catches, and the defensive front didn't allow much of anything on the ground. If McKee isn't great, and if Stanford isn't hitting big plays through the air, forget it. Uh, for this game, Stanford will keep relying on its defense to keep uh, in the team in the games. But once again, the power from the away team uh, with the ground attack will be an issue. Once again, USC will need time to wake up, even if it, even in the late start. But Slavos will come with two good scoring drive. The defense will generate stops. And it will be another tough, rough day for the Cardinal. Give me USC minus 30. Minus 7.5 and give me under 67.5 total points. Arizona State at number 11, Oklahoma State, uh, 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time, Saturday. Uh, Arizona State, let's keep it. Arizona State's going to be good, but still fuck Jaden Daniels. Fuck that guy. Completely blown off in a Pac-12 with USC making all the noise and with Utah and Oregon getting plenty of attention, Arizona State got through a rough offseason and potentially upgraded in a few areas thanks to the transfer portal. Former Florida quarterback Emory Jones is in Tempe, in, uh, in Tempe because Anthony Richardson is Anthony Richardson. He was solid in forty of in the 40-3 win over NAU. Former Wyoming running back, Xavier Valade is in for a big year, and the starting 22 will be more than just competitive. Oklahoma State might be strong, but it showed potential flaws in the 58-44 win over Central Michigan. QB Daniel Richardson went off, and running back Lou Nichols was able to do okay despite being bottled up. The issue backfield is going to produce this year, and they will produce this game. For Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was ripping apart Central Michigan and it took its foot off the gas in the fourth. It really wasn't a big deal unless you invest invested. The off, offense was unstoppable in the, unstoppable in the first half. Spencer Sanders was wonderful with over 400 passing yards, four touchdowns, and two touchdown runs, and the defense was able to hold up fine before the final 15 minutes. It was enough of a late collapse, though, to get the start 
the great defense fired up for this week. It's going to look to make a bit of a statement for a full four quarters. The offense should be balanced. Yeah, Arizona State is better than everyone believes, but Oklahoma State is going to keep pushing through this season before being a big player in the Big 12 title chance in the title twelve in the Big 12 title chase again. Jones and Valaday will have their moments, but the passing game won't be there to make up for the long stretches when they're held in check. The Cowboys' deep offense won't roll like it did in the first half against Central Michigan, but it'll control the tempo. Don't expect tons of points, but the Cowboys won't have to sweat too much. I went to ASU, and they'll let me down in big games, and I believe they'll continue to let me down again. Uh, give me Oklahoma State, minus 11, under 57.5. ASU let me down so bad last year. Like I remember when they were up on Utah, beating the hell out of Utah, and blew the game. They blew like a 14, 17-point lead at half. Like, come on, like. I've never been so sad in my life. That shit was depressing. Hawaii at number four, Michigan, uh, 6 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. For Hawaii, eventually this passing game is going to work. It's been a rough start for the Rainbow Warriors. They just don't have the guys, but the ball is being spread around. The yards are going to come, and everything needs a little bit of time. The two games have worked so far, got the passing parts time. Now the interceptions have to stop the offense. Now the interceptions have to stop. The offense has to get up the speed, and when this clicks, it will have, and it will at some point under head coach Timmy Chang. Look out for Michigan. Okay, I'll stop. I'll quit stalling. Hawaii was gutted, and after the off season, it's going to. It hasn't been remotely close to being competitive so far. Vanderbilt rolled at at will in a sixty-three to ten win in Honolulu, and then struggled a wee bit against Elon. Western Kentucky had to fight with Austin P. And then came up with a 49-17 blowout over Hawaii last week. The Rainbow Warriors offense will eventually be okay, but the lines aren't even close. Michigan could run for 400 yards if they wanted to. My prediction, Michigan is going to run for 400 yards, and 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 it's going to try to be nice. Uh, both quarterbacks, J.J. McCarthy and Caden McNamara, will spend their afternoon handling the ball off over and over again, and the Hawaii defense won't have any sort of luck holding them. The Wolverines will get deep into the bench in the second half. Avoid betting this game based on the fact Hawaii is awful. Michigan is going deep into its bench. Uh, number 9, Baylor at number 21, BYU of 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. Uh, for Baylor, the defense is going to travel. The Bears gave up their first quarter touchdown to Albany, and that was it. And that was it in the 69-10 win. The defense didn't exactly extend itself, and it didn't have to, but it has the front line to hold up against a fantastic BYU offensive front. The intensity is about to give go up a few notches. Expect more good plays on third downs than it showed against the Great Danes. The offensive side should be fully tuned. Blake Shapin was deadly. The big plays, w- big plays with the passing game were there, and the offense should be able to keep it relatively simple without a- taking a slew of big chances. The defense will take care of the rest. For BYU, 38-0. Simple as that. How do I know BYU has it? How do you know it's about to be in, be in for something big? It comes out and obliterates an inferior opponent on the road with a dominant first 20 minutes. It jumped out on UCF. USCF led up later on, led up later on and won 50 to 21. Yes, Baylor has a terrific defense, and yes, it's not going to be rolled over against the run, but yes. 
it'll see an offensive front that every bit that's every bit as strong as anything it'll face this season. The future Big 12 Cougars have all of the parts in place to pull this off. Jaron Hall hits 25 of 32 passes for 261 yards and two scores in the win. The running backs have the rotation and the lines. To keep harping on this, you can't hang with the with Baylor unless you can hold up in the trenches, and BYU can do that. It's a late game, it's a Provo, and it's a BYU with a chance to make a great statement at home. Baylor is more than good enough to pound away and get enough solid plays on both sides to pull this off, but BYU will feed off the atmosphere, the early momentum, and the play of its veterans to pull it, pull it off, and it's a fantastic, tough game that will show off just how tough a Big 12 road date this year will be. Give me BYU minus 3.5. The NFL season has begun. Let the big dogs fucking eat. Clap it up. What a better way to kick off the 2022 NFL season than with the defending champions hosting the Super Bowl favorites. That's what we have Thursday night with the Los Angeles Rams taking on Buffalo Bills at SoFi Stadium. Kickoff is set for 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time from Englewood. The Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champions after beating the Cincinnati Bengals in February in their home stadium. They're among the betting favorites in the NFC, close behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. Though they suffered some key losses in the offseason, including linebacker Von Miller and right guard Austin Corbett, the Rams are built to contend for another championship this season. The Bills, on the other hand, are the betting favorites to win it all this season after coming close to reaching the big game last year. Led by QB Josh Allen, the Bills added Miller in free agency and returned star players such as cornerback Tredavious White and wide receiver Stephon Diggs. With the number one defense in the, in the football in the NFL last season, their, def- their defense was a- unable to stop the Chiefs in the AFC divisional round last postseason. Let's just talk the bets. For Moneyline, it's rare for the defending Super Bowl champions to be underdogs in the season o- opener, but that's more of a testament to the Bills' talent than, in- than it is to the Rams. Los Angeles is just as talented as it was last, last season, even with the losses it suffered in free agency. The Rams are 5-0 and in week one under Sean McVay, and I don't think this will be the first time he loses a season opener. I really like the Rams' money line plus 115 to win outright, especially being at home and with the line sitting at plus money. For the spread, as good as the Rams are, Rams have been in season openers under McVay. They're also perfect against the spread. They're 5-0 and in week one in the last five years, and they're getting 2.5 points at home against the bills the better value is still in taking the rams to win outright at 115 but even taking them at plus 2.5 for at minus 105 is worth a bet take the rams plus 2.5 minus 105 to cover the spread though i'd make a smaller wager as insurance for your money line bet for the over under the Rams and Bills are both expected to be among the most explosive offensive teams in the NFL, and that will be on display Thursday night. In limited preseason action, the Bills' offense looks sharp and as good as expected. This will be the first game for the Rams starters, but I don't think it will take them long to get going. They dropped 34 in Stanford, Stafford's debut last season against the Chicago Bears, who I think are going to be better than people think, to be honest. Give me the over 51.5 points for minus 112. That is all I have for this week's podcast. I'll be back Friday or Saturday to talk the Sunday slate for the NFL. Uh, 
I hope everybody has a great week. And thank you to listening. Thank you for listening to Winning Mindset.